Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine little uh, monstrosity of a radio and podcast and video cast type program known internationally, known the world round. Hi, Mom. Smoking and toasting. Yeah, world famous uh, smoking and toasting. Like I explained uh, a while back on the show, once my mom knew the show exists, I felt comfortable saying we were world famous. Because she would be literally (laughs) the last to know. So, uh, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is show number 185. Uh, The title of today's show is The Great Malt Liquor Taste Test. And so we'll be getting to that in uh, just a few moments. Uh, But first, we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. uh, In the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. By BB Italia on Memorial in Houston. Uh, B.B. Lemon on Washington Ave, and the Annie Cafe and Bar on Fosco in Houston. And uh, with today being the 14th, uh, today's the day that B&B uh, in Houston is uh, scheduled to be reopened for interior dining. So uh, pretty uh, excited I, about I believe we're past the 14th. Uh, I just uh, wanted to mention uh, Bruce is on the chat, and he said it's the first time he's made it for a well well in a long time. So. <laughs> nice to have you on, brother. Thank you for uh, thank you for checking us out, Ian. Lots going on in the world, but uh, um, a lot of it has to do with how everyone from you know tobacco uh, uh, growers and, and uh, cigar factories are dealing with the virus to uh, what it's doing to small distilleries, uh, craft breweries. It is craft brew week this week, and so. Uh, as a result, we've decided to not taste craft brews at all. But we uh, <laughs> we are going to be encouraging you to uh, support your local craft brewery. Support the locals. Yes, it's it's really important. We'll talk a little bit about uh, ways to do that. We have some drinking news for you today. And uh, most importantly, I guess, we're going to do, you know, I thought we had probably reached the floor, so to speak, when we did our light beer blind taste test today's oh no there's yeah there's depths we can go way past that well today's test won't be won't be a blind one uh but we will be tasting some malt liquors and i I feel like i feel like that the fact that i dropped off a box of beer um at your place is not really truly appreciated it really isn't because i feel like you're disparaging this a little bit if if i could just uh explain this to uh Anyone who's watching or listening to the show, um, last week, you know, in the in the time of the virus, we've been doing the show via Skype. So Ian does it from his back porch. I'm on my balcony, and uh, we've had a few guests on Skype as well. But generally, during this time, uh, we've just been tasting um, something that we uh, that we each had individually. Well, last week our guest was from um, the the Dalmore, and uh-huh. he was he was uh, we wanted to talk about their cigar malt reserve so since it's a fairly expensive bottle it was uh, delicious but though i decided you know i would go ahead and spring for it and then i would uh, pour some into a container and ian could come by my building and pick it up so that we could both be tasting the same spirit so this week ian was in charge of getting the beers i want to point out that not only did you did you leave the uh 
did you leave the cigar malt in a container for me so I could swing by and pick it up? But your wife also uh, left some dirty rice in there for me to yes. to enjoy, which was it quite was delicious. Wonderful. Yes. So I guess I guess the point of this whole thing is I left you some very expensive cigar malt whiskey, and then this week you went you took care of uh, gathering uh, our our beverages and you left me malt liquor. Something I did. Seems I did. In this However. I just want to point one thing out. Mm-hmm. You left me one whiskey. I left you six containers of malt liquor. Yeah, but that implies that's that more. I be, that implies that it's I a lot more. Actually, drinking some of it after it's... the show is over, which is <laughs> not likely to happen. Now, I'd also like to point out that one of the things we do regularly on the show, uh, but it's not something we usually talk about, is that Ian and I will generally pour ourselves a beer, but you know, right at the beginning of the show or before the show starts, before we start the official tasting, you know, uh, segments on the show, not that they're all that official, but you know what I mean. Um, but we pour us a beer just to kind of enjoy, get the palate going. <coughs> usually it'll be something, you know, maybe lighter. It's not something, it's usually not something we're as excited about as the beer we'll be tasting later on in the show. But I'm here to tell you that today, for my show beer, I opened the St. Arnold Gutentag, and I could say with great confidence, even though the tasting hasn't begun, this will be the best beer I have uh, for the show today. Usually, right. usually the show beer is not the best one, uh, but but today I'm, I guarantee that it will. So show beer today, I went with the classic, right, the Shiner Bach, uh-huh. which is quite good, and then as my secondary show beer because Shiner Bach is not ten percent. <laughs> I brought Dirty Bastard, which is also not 10%, but it's 8.5. That's my second when I finished my first show beer. All right. All right. That's fair enough. Uh, what are you smoking there, Ian? This is an extra old rum barrel aged Nicaraguan Corojo Camacho. That's a lot, isn't it? Let me say that one more time. Extra old rum barrel aged uh, Nicaraguan Corojo Camacho. It has the power band, bunching process, a relentless quest to push the limits, and wild flavors. That's what the little footer band says right there. I don't know if I can get that in right. in uh, screen there. And look, so, I'm wearing a mask. Anyway, so, right. And so then it has you, uh, this band as well. Yeah. Well, before you get into telling us what that's like, I just want to point out that we did not plan this, but I am also smoking... A Camacho Corojo, just minus the uh, uh, the rum barrel aging. So uh, it should be different. This one has lit up very nicely. Uh, the so acid- theoretically, we picked the same cigar. Mine just has the rum barrel aging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty hilarious, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it really is, uh, and completely unplanned. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Now, I'm enjoying this one already. I lit it just before the show started. Uh, it's not the most even burn in the world, but it's not bad. Uh, I've got a little bit of wind up here, at least periodically, and so I'm going ahead and flaking off this ash, uh, so I don't before you, know, you wear it. All, yeah, so I don't get it all over everything. So I don't know how long the ash would have lasted, but a nice sort of earthiness, some uh, some nutty flavors uh, to begin with, and a little bit of that uh, sort of Nicaraguan um, tobacco taste uh, coming through in the first half inch here or so. So, uh, yeah, mine is doing much like yours. It's actually mm-hmm. 
a little uneven, and a weird thing is happening yeah. to the ash there. How weird is that? Uh, it's not smoking bad at all. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, but I will tell you. So I got a lot of the same flavors that you were talking about there. Uh, I just I, I'm still cracking up that we picked pretty close to the same cigar. I'm getting a lot of the same flavors that you're starting off there, but uh, but I also get a really strong, very oaky kind of astringency. Like when you taste a, um, a whiskey that has a very oak back on it, um, and it leaves that kind of uh, uh, that wood kind of astringency in the back of the palate that's mm -hmm. really nice, that has this quite a bit. I also get a little... I know it's a cigar, so this might be a weird thing to say. A little smokiness, almost like maybe the uh, barrel char came through a little bit. Right, right. On it, but it's quite a good cigar so far. Um, it has a little spice to it as well that I'm assuming was the rum spice um, from the uh, from the rum barrel. It's interesting. It's it, it, but it definitely has the basic flavors that you said. It's got the nuttiness is really big in here. Yeah, kind of yeah. a cashew sweetness to it almost. And I think that oakiness um, that you're getting is is due to the rum barrel aging that I'm maybe not getting on this one. You're not getting uh, any of the woody notes like right. that. Yeah, this is this is cutting through nice and loud and clear on here. It's almost right. a, a, a little bit cedary too, but more more oak kind of flavor so actually i'm kind of enjoying it i think that this might be one that uh, uh alan denny tossed in when i bought a, a handful of cigars from him a while back okay he's good like that man. He's, uh, you never know what he's gonna give you he's like here try this mm -hmm. and try this mm -hmm. so well we've uh, talked about how camacho seems to have come back when christian arroyo uh built the brand which he will tell you uh, about in great detail if you ever meet him um yes uh, uh, and, and how he was responsible Headlines. for all the good things that it was. Uh, but w when he built this brand, he actually did a very good job of it. It wound up getting sold to one of the larger cigar companies. And after the sale, they went through a lot of construction problems, a lot of uh, inferior tobacco being used in the blend. And yeah, I actually stopped smoking them altogether for a while. I'm still one. just barely putting my toe back into the Camachos. Well, I've had a couple, and they've been very good. And uh, this one, you know, it's not the world's most even burn. But I'll also point out that on a uh, 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 on a Corojo wrapper, that wrapper has a tougher time burning evenly than uh, some of the other wrappers do. And I noticed that when we were down in uh, Honduras and we're smoking several cigars with different wrappers. It's like... Sometimes that, and, and that's not a bad burn you're seeing there, but it's not, it's not razor straight. You don't see a lot of razor straight, I, I find, that's in my experience anyway, on a Corojo wrapper. But it is a very tasty wrapper, so it adds Corojo wrappers are way, way better than mumble wrappers, by the way. <laughs> yes, they, they definitely way, are. Way more enjoyable. But then again, banana peel wrappers are generally better than mumble wrappers. There are things, you know, I, I consider myself to be very open-minded musically, but there have emerged a few sub-genres of music that make me feel old and like I just don't understand. And I'm like, this is, uh, this is, how, they, this is how they were when rock and roll came around. And they were like, I don't get it. It's just a bunch of noise. And it officially makes me feel old. But I will say, yeah, I don't get the mumble rap thing. 
Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, today is show number 185, Ian. So Holy cow. Yeah, 185. And by the way. We're halfway to 200. You realize that, right? We are. And no one has stepped in to stop us. No one. Has, so, uh, I believe what we have enough. now is called momentum. We have momentum, and it's, it's hard to stop us. Is that what we have? Is that what you call it? It's, it's difficult, yes. Yeah, okay. Because well, we will just persevere. So I want to mention that it's American, uh, that it is uh, American Craft Beer Week uh, through the end of this week. It's an annual nationwide celebration of small and independent craft breweries. And this year's American Craft Beer Week, because of the struggles that a lot of craft breweries are having, um, you know, during the virus and lockdowns and all of what that means in terms of how it impacts uh, sales and people's ability to go to the breweries and go to the tap rooms and go to the bars where they're on tap. So while a lot of the larger brands are doing just fine because people are buying lots of alcohol, craft beer is really struggling. There's been a lot of articles that I've looked at over the past month that say uh, uh, they don't expect a lot of craft breweries. I've seen numbers as high as 65% that may not make it through this time. Mm. Uh, so that makes it, yeah, and we're talking about just financial. So that makes it all the more important this year for American Craft Beer Week, that if you're a fan of craft beer, you do something to support it. And I want to send you to craftbeer.com uh, on the web because they've got a great article there about American Craft Beer Week and a place where you can commit to give someone craft beer as a gift during this uh, during this week. So basically you click to say, I'm committing to give uh, craft beer, and they're keeping track of how many people are giving and how many beers are being given and then how many different breweries have been supported. So basically you click and say, so let's say I was going to give Ian some uh, 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 some spindle cap. I would click and I would fill in that uh, my name and then I'm giving the beer to Ian Barry and then I'm giving him a six pack of 5% tent from spindle tap. And so then that would be counted as one of the breweries that supported. Those six beers would be counted as uh, some of the beers given. So it's kind of a cool way to see how the community is coming together. So we encourage you, number one, to do something to support craft beer. By the way, I was I was watching this thing, which I'll tell you about later, uh, well, that I saw all these great these people were wearing these you know, on this uh, documentary I was watching, these awesome stone brewing T-shirts. And I thought, I got to have one. And I thought, I, I should go buy it right now online. I should go to their merch store, order it, and have it shipped. That's another way you can support your favorite craft breweries during this time. Um, well, if you're going, if you're going back to the the, the craft beer, uh, uh, the the one where you uh, send craft beer to a friend or something like that. Listen, if you guys don't have a lot of friends that are into craft beer, my name is Ian Barry. That's I A N B A R O. So, so you can do your giving through uh, delivery of beer, beer to go. You know, in other words, you can order beer to go and send it to Ian's house. That's doable. Uh, or you can do gift cards or merchandise. And the site even has a linkable nationwide list of to-go beer options. What's the site it. again? Uh, it's craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com. And just look for the article on Give Indie Craft Beer for American Craft Beer Week, which is this week. So, Ian, I'd like to point out, by the way, that uh, even though you have given me beer this week, 
yours will not qualify for the uh, word craft. No, and it's funny that it turned out uh, the way the way it did because we were looking for a showtime where it was just us because we didn't really want to subject <laughs> anyone except for Chris Hart to the yeah. uh, to the rigors of what we're about to endure today. Um, and he wasn't available, so uh, it's just you and me. That's right. So it's just you and it's just you and me, and it happened to be this week. So, uh, so I did. I went out and I diligently shopped for today's beers. I'll uh, let me let me give everybody a preview of what's oh, going what on. We're going to be tasting. All right. Yeah, let, a preview of what's going on today. So, uh, for those of you who aren't sure what's happening, this is our malt liquor taste test today. That would include me, by the way. I am not sure what's happening. So. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. So I went and diligently shopped. And price compared and bought what I thought was the best deal in craft uh, in craft malt liquor. That that doesn't mean anything. I'm making stuff up right now. Uh, we have the classic, yeah, Mickey's. You know that one. This is the big mouth bottle. I, I could have gotten 40s, but the big mouth uh, like grenade is so classic. I just felt like this this is what I had to do. So Mickey's big mouth. Yep. Yep. Um. One of my favorites here is, um, and not because I drink the beer, but because of the packaging, the Steel Reserve, okay? The, this, it's slow brewed for exceptionally smooth flavor, um, but it has this beautiful thing here. This is, is blue. Which means uh, your beer is cold. When it's cold, that means your beer is cold. And that is what I like to refer to as the early warning system. Mm -hmm. Like, when that isn't blue anymore, this, much like any beer that has the, the, the cold activated system on the packaging, I believe is not going to be good. It's going to so be you, very, very bad. Are you telling me that the uh, cold activated cans may not be proprietary to Coors? Uh, this might be sold by Coors. I don't know. Oh, oh. Well, it's a product of the Steel Brewing Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay, so it could so, then be Miller Coors. It, it could be. Well, we don't, we don't now, know that for sure. Let me stress that. Now, this is, this is a funny one, too, okay? Because I bought this. The old E800 has the same exact early warning system <laughs> on it. And that, to me, is hilarious. And it is bottled by the... Old English 800 Brewing Company. Guess where? In so Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yes. I'm seeing a pattern. I'm seeing a pattern emerge here. And then we got the like. You can't have a malt liquor taste test and not include Schlitz malt liquor. <laughs> like I feel like this is the quintessential malt liquor. Now they had two two ver varieties of this. They had high gravity, as if as if this isn't gonna do its job. <laughs> or something. They have the high gravity version, and this is already five point nine, so we're already at six percent on this malt liquor. So the high gravity—I don't even know what it is. But I went with the classic. I went, you know, hey, let's go straight up classic. And I hope you appreciate that I did careful shopping for this. I'd just like to point out, by the way, that there is a difference between <laughs> Steel well, Brewing Company is owned by Miller. Okay, good to know. Brian put a, that out. Uh, there is a. Uh, there is a difference between when I do the shopping for the show and when Ian does the shopping for the show. When I do the shopping, we have a tendency to have things like, oh, I don't know, 
uh, uh, cigar malt uh, whiskey or um, uh, maybe a tequila like uh, uh, the Jose Cuervo uh, La Familia. Uh, or, you know, it's not always expensive. But generally speaking, I think I've done pretty well shopping and bringing things to the show. Ian, on the other hand, is now associated with bringing malt liquor, malort. Do I need to continue? <laughs> You're going to hurt my feelings, except for I don't have any. Okay, that's what I knew. Sorry. Actually, I have two. They're anger and frustration, but that's okay. another story. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Well, Ian, why don't we uh, begin with the taste testing here? We're 20 minutes into the show. Let's... Uh, we can. I want to take. I want to take just a moment to talk about this cigar, which is burning rather fast. Wow! But is is actually the the burn has even out on it, and it's pretty, pretty good actually. This is a pretty delicious cigar. The Corojo flavors are cutting through. There's that nuttiness. There's some spice to it. Um, the rum flavors, which were a little stronger, the rum spice, which was a little stronger at the beginning, but that oak. The oak from the barrel, I'm assuming, is really cutting through, and I'm really enjoying that about the cigar. And then there's this cashew nutty sweetness behind that oak that really offers an interesting aftertaste to it. And getting, it goes outstandingly this, well with beer. I'm getting the cashew uh, nuttiness that you talked about on my non-rum barrel-infused uh, uh, Camacho Corona. Uh, and it's really quite good, but mine is burning much slower than yours. Uh, you've got a really fast burn going on there. That's interesting. I want to say... Yeah, and I usually smoke a little slower than you. Mm-hmm. I want to say this is a $9 stick uh, in that general vicinity. Do you remember what yours was, Ian? Probably about the same. Probably $9, $10. Okay. Well, that should be interesting. And, of course, you mentioned it goes good with beer. But how will it go with the bowl? With the classic malt liquor. Which one are we trying first? I'm leaving this up to you. You're well, driving I this. I'd like to start just because I have a very small cooler. And since I'm out here, you know, uh, on the uh, deck, I like to bring the cooler out. So uh, so I'd actually like to start with the Steel Reserve because it's the only one that I have the large bottle on. And mine, as you can see, by the way, there, Ian, uh, appears to be ready because the... Uh, mine appears to, yes, it appears to be in its, in its premium drinking potential... Uh, as notated by the fact that this is blue and it should be cold. Right, right. I wonder if I put so, my finger on it, if it'll... I don't know. I don't know. But I, it I actually, I like, so I put my finger... Oh, there's one on each side of this thing. Yes. Like, they spared no expense. You can see this from either side. Look. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get to this one because it's a little more difficult for me to keep it cold in the small cooler that I have. And God knows, I don't want to try this when it's not ice cold. So, did you bring a did you bring a beer tulip so that you can really uh, appreciate the flavors? Funny, you should mention it. That is so. I just brought my classic little yeah. little mug. Funny, you should mention it. I brought the appropriate glassware to really be able to enjoy the flavors of. And I will also mention. Oh. It's been a very long time since I've twisted a plastic top to open a beer. I, I want to point out that when, yeah, when that smell hits your nose, you're going to know you're in for something. <laughs> wow. Let's... Oh, yeah, Ooh, look at that. Baby. Look at that. Ooh, that is carbonated and I will... carbonated. I will pour mine delicately into the glass. 
or should I do a Chris Hart style hard pour? Hard pour? I, you know, I don't know. I did a little harder pour. Yeah, I got a, I got a good little head of foam there. All right, Ian. You know, I, I have to tell you. So when I when I cracked the seal on when it went, when I cracked it, I got this whiff of like almost like a stale beer kind of smell going on. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> Brandon Haas says we're brave. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Brandon, for um, recognizing this. Interestingly enough, when I stick my nose in this, it doesn't smell all that. There's a weirdness on the end of it, but it's not that strong of a yeah. smell. No, I will say just on the nose, it doesn't smell really that much different from a macro brew. You know, it smells like a little. It smells like a, a slightly spicy lemon. Yeah, I get a little lemoniness to this, actually. Um, I can't believe we're describing the lemony flavor of a uh, of a malt liquor, but wow. Mm. Well, I will say, Ian, this one is not as bad as I was expecting. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's not the worst thing I've tasted. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I don't. I don't know if this is one of those flavors that, as you drink it more and more, it gets more cloying and annoying. I would guess because <laughs> you know most beers are actually the opposite. Like if you have a Budweiser, for example, and you're a craft beer drinker, and Bud's not necessarily to your palate, Budweiser will actually get a little better as it goes along in the flavor category. This, I'm not so sure. Are you refilling your glass? Well, I only poured a small amount in the first place. So, I, but here's what's happening: every sip I take, it gets sweeter. It tastes, it tastes more and more like, 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 you know, like that lemon Ajax dishwashing soap. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing you like it because I remember in the light beer taste test there was one that had a sort of a lemon pledge flavor. Uh, that was lime. Bud like lime, yeah. Or as I like yes, but no lime. one ever guessed it was lime. We all thought it was lemon. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. There's a sweetness that's happening to this. That yeah, it's kind of like kind of like doing weird things to my tongue. Like I should have brought a razor so I could shave it after each one of these. In terms of its compatibility with the cigar, it's a pretty simple uh, explanation. No. Yeah. No. No. The cigar. The cigar. Pretty much. My cigar is pretty much burying it. Yeah. I, I'm hoping my cigar will bury it. Um, that's what I'm, yeah. I'm going for. I did bring a handy dandy big cup so I could do this dump. Okay, well, then you were you're smarter than me because I did not bring that. But that's a lot. Uh -huh. You have to drink your. Yeah, well, I mean, I know you're going to stay after the show and finish that. Mm -hmm. Don't don't feel bad for me though because I do have more fine beerware. <laughs> yeah, I love that you brought the taste. fine beerware. <laughs> fine beer where yeah the 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 cloying the cloying sweetness it's almost a perfumey sweetness that's kind of stuck in my mm -hmm. palate right now it's really stuck awkward your, i'm gonna try and yeah, i think the best thing you the best and most descriptive thing you've said is stuck in your palate yeah it's like it makes my shiner taste like a fizzy barley water I was going to say, I just went back to the uh, uh, St. Arnold Gutentag that I poured, and uh, it doesn't taste Bavarian anymore, <laughs> which is not a, not a real good uh, uh, thing to say about what, what it does. So, ah. I, think we should just, I think we should just soldier through to the next one, Ian. What do you think? 
You want to go straight into it? Yeah, let's All do right, it. Well, let's, let's, let's do this, because since we're talking about 40 ounces, now you notice that you have actually a can of Old E800. I do. Old English, old English. Because, again, I was a conscious shopper, and I saw that you could buy the cans uh, as a single in the little frozen or little uh, uh, ice mm -hmm. bin right, at right. the store that they had. But I realized something about mine. So this also has the cold-activated uh, thing. And uh, this is, of course, from the Old E800 Brewing Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which I highly, highly suspect. Whoa. Pardon me. Oh. Highly suspect. Oh. Was was that as bad as it sounded? <laughs> oh God! Because it sounded oh, like it it's was like that was lemony pledge, lemony Ajax terribleness. My wife um, asked me, by the way, uh, when I was explaining to her what we were going to do on the show today, she said, "Well, she said, is it because you think it'll be funny?" I said, "Well, I, I'm sure it will be humorous, but uh, like like we always try to say when we're tasting other things." We taste these things so you don't have to. Yes. Today, that's re today that's really true. Yes, yeah. yes. So, but I, so I actually bought uh, a, a couple cans straight out of the thing. And then I realized that I can't keep a can that size cold. But if I buy the 40 ounce, I have a koozie for that. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Oh, and, yeah. Ian... Is that an old English 800 uh, koozie? Yes. Yes, it is. That sh with the crown shape on the top? Yes, it is. Oh, my God. That may be, that may be one of the most hilarious props you've ever brought to the show. <laughs> <laughs> there is a koozie on my old E800 that says, in fact, old E800. Mm. And it's shaped like a crown on top. So... So I wanted to make sure that you out there as a consumer knew that this is something that is available to keep your 40 ounce uh, blue so that, so that you can peel this back and say, oh, it's still cold. Ah, yeah, see, see, that's good to know. Uh, I'll just mention while you're opening that up, Ian, that um, the first beer that we tried, the Steel Reserve, has done something that I didn't think was possible. It's actually made my St. Arnold Gutentag rather unenjoyable. <laughs> it, has, it, has, it has ruined the Gutentag. And that one of the reasons I chose this, I was thinking about doing the, uh, I, when I was choosing my show gear, I was like, oh, I have a, ca a can of the uh, strawberry blonde that I really like that, um, that they make at, uh, at Southern Star. And I thought, no, the Gutentag will stand up a little better, perhaps, to the malt liquor. The Guten Tag has been defeated, and and I, I don't mean that in any sort of a bad way to the Guten Tag. It's it's about how bad the other is. Uh, go ahead, Ian. Uh, you about ready to taste there? Uh, I am. I, I you know I get very little on the nose on this. Mm -hmm. Almost nothing actually. Not like much out of the can, I can tell you that. Like I. Quite a bit of I, almost here. nothing. Like you remember when you were in college, and um, you'd wake up the next morning after a party. That smell that would hit you when you went into the living room, yes. and all all the beer cans. There's a little hint of that. <laughs> there, there needs to be a name for that smell. And yes, I know what you're talking about. It's that stale beer, or like if you go into a bar during the daytime, 
when there's no people in it and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and they, and they haven't cleaned the floors. Yeah, plenty of beer has been spilled on the carpet and what have you. It's that kind of a sort of a moldy carpet stale beer. Uh, smell. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it's just on the nose, mind you. Yeah, and it's you know the longer it sits in the glass, the more it it does that. In I I don't know. I mean I I don't I don't want to come off as a beer snob. But I'm thinking if this was the only option, I might just have a water. Yeah, I think I, I think honestly, if I showed up to a party and I said, "Let me have a beer," and someone handed me this, uh, I would be drinking a Cosmopolitan. Yeah, um, it's it's got the best way I can describe it is if you've ever had a beer that you left. You poured it into a glass, or maybe it's still in the bottle or whatever, and you had it. It just sat out until after the party was uh, was done, and it became a bit stale, but somehow still had a bunch of carbonation. That's that's what this is like. Like if you took that stale beer that had been sitting out for hours and added a bunch of carbonation to it that's that's what this like, like, to me. like if you were in college and you opened a beer and then you stuck it in the fridge and then you forgot about it for two weeks and then you were like oh i have a beer in the fridge that's yeah. kind of where this this kind of leads me right. it, it has um have... it has yeah. I'm, I'm sensing notes of carpet mold Maybe yeah. dog hair. Yeah, maybe. This is not. Uh, I definitely got a note of cat litter on the finish. So, <laughs> so his, a fly landed on my glass and then blew away because he was like, no, nah, that sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, like this. What's funny about both of these, okay, I'm starting to see a trend. The funniest thing about both of these is the first sip of them is not as bad as you think. Right, that's right. The first sip is not that bad. But the next subsequent sips seem to compound the flavors and not in a good way. Not, not, um, this is. Yeah, this has a distinctive stale beer, slate carpet mold. Dog hair thing yeah, going it's, on. It's, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Well, um, I it is, however, it is, however, very very uh, pale straw, mm -hmm. and its clarity is impeccable. So, if if you were going to pour a beer to just sit and look at, this wouldn't be a bad choice. If you're going to yeah. drink it, yeah, maybe not. Um, uh, yeah, there's no, like, sediment or any weird stuff going on in it. Well, I know we've only done two of our four so far, but I will say the steel reserve is less awful than the Old English. And that's that's my take on the first two. Lemon Ajax is better than carpet mold is what you're saying. Yes, yes. I, I prefer lemon Ajax because sometimes you might want lemon Ajax in your home. You never want They make me mold. belch, and the belch tastes terrible. Uh, well, and I just want to say, uh, the the Kutentag has not improved. 
and and this is a wonderful, well brewed, well nuanced, flavorful beer, and and these have just killed it. Um, my apologies to Brock and the crew at St. Arnold for ruining a good glass of uh, your Gutentag, which is a wonderful beer. Um, yeah, this is this is a crime I mean, against all beer manity. Here's here's a thought that I'm having. I might have to go inside and get my bottle of Malort to get the taste of these out of my oh. mouth. You know, I would almost tell you at this point, Ian, I might welcome Malort. And that's really... <laughs> that's really... I mean, this is just awful. Okay, so, how... Uh, the question, we'll ask this at the, at the end of the show. How bad would you have to want a beer to go there? Can you imagine what this tastes like warm? <clears throat> oh, God. No, that's why I was saying. That's why I wanted to do the steel reserve first because I, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to keep it cold in my little cooler uh, because so, of how tall it was. If you're watching this, stay tuned because I have a surprise at the end of this because I'm pouring all my extra beer into one cup here. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to do at the end of this, I'm going to do a Matt Damon of the, all this. Oh, dude, you are way braver than I am. I'm going to try it. I'm going to see what all the malt liquors blended. Thank come God. out to be if, if... Yeah, thank God we're not doing smell o vision. That's all I have to say. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, that was not a good beer. No, it was not. Um, while we're uh, drinking here, let me pass on a little drinking news. I can taste. I can taste my shiner after that one, though. Well, I, I, I'm sad to say. The Guten Tag still just tasted like a bad Mount Lipple. Oh, I'm going through this fast, though, to try and clean my palate. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, so we're going, we're going to beer number two on this one. Maybe that'll be uh, bigger and we'll uh, stand up to it a little better. And I have some drinking news to pass along. This is a segment on the show where we bring you a, uh, a story that it has to... I'm not saying it has to be true, because with all the fake news sites out there, you never know. But uh, it has to at least have been reported by something resembling a news site. And this one, I believe, is true. And so uh, these are not stories about drinking or even cigars, but they are stories that might be enjoyable while you're drinking or that might All right. be more enjoyable if you're drinking. So today's, drinking story news. Is about a, today's drinking news is about a new product that's available. And, you know, in, during this time that everyone is, uh, is uh, in, you know, quarantine and a lot more time at home, it's had a huge effect on the dating scene. Now, both you and I are married, so we're quarantined with our wives. Uh, and so that, I think for some people at least, uh, it might be its own special challenge, but at least you're with the one that you love. If you're still looking for the one that you love, Zoom dating has arisen as one of those ways to continue to get to know people. But the idea being you can chat, you can see what each other looks like, you can uh, maybe see if you hit it off that way. And if you do, then maybe when, you know, it's, you know, all this is subsiding a bit, you could, you know, meet up for a coffee or a beer somewhere. Well, Zoom dating has gone to a new level uh, with a new company that now is offering, uh, shall we say, enhancements for Zoom dating. They are, uh, for guys, they're muscular looking outfits that you can put on beneath your shirt and for women they are um, 
let's just say, uh, boobtastic. And so this I, I don't even trend. This company is is selling fake muscles and breasts for people's uh, for people's Zoom chats, and they say, "Order now and watch your socially distant partner's jaw hit the floor on your next virtual date." A spokesperson for the company says they have been flying off the shelves since being made live. So there you go. That's your drinking news. For I today. I don't actually know what to say. Do not trust what you see on your Zoom dates, I think, is the is the bottom line here. So. I, I, I literally don't know what to say. I, I like <laughs> So I, I have to tell you, I'm very, very happy <laughs> being married. And I'm so glad not, not being on the dating scene anymore because dating was pain in the ass. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. Um, but so, so is being married if you're not married to the right person. So that... You know, that can factor into it as well. Fortunately, I haven't seen that part of it. Fortunately for me, the uh, uh, coronavirus and, and the isolation didn't come along during, let's just say, some previous relationships. Uh, <laughs> that, might been, that, that might not have been pretty. So, Ian, um, it's, it's a really interesting um, uh, week with things going on. But the most important news is really about Craft Beer and Craft Beer Week. There's an Irish pub. Uh, I think you'll enjoy this. There's an Irish pub that is now using drones to deliver drinks to their community during the shutdown. It's in Ireland, of course. And uh, uh, this pub has uh, used drones as one of the ways that they're staying connected to their customers during the, the shutdown. It's McKeever's Bar and Lounge. And it's been in business for 152 years. It serves a rural community that's about 30 miles north of Dublin. And the drone will carry bottles or cans of beer, wine, and even an occasional bag of chips dangling from a string. So what happens if you're in this community is you call up McKeever's and you order, you know, a six-pack of your favorites or whatever uh, and a bag of chips. And the drone flies to your house. You, you know, you give them your credit card. The drone flies to your house. You're alerted by a text or phone call that the drone is there. You open your door and find the beer and chips hanging down on a uh, on a strong uh, lead from the drone, and you take them off the lead, and, and that's your that's your delivery. I'm absolutely positive that the person flying the drone is not having any fun at all. No, that's it. And can you imagine if they were drinking too and maybe had a little too much and started delivering, just delivering beer to beer for everyone. <laughs> Start delivering Beer's beer. on the house. Yeah. No, literally it's on top of your house. I left it there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, there's another brewery in Germany uh, that has given away a whole bunch of their beer uh, because they it couldn't be sold during the coronavirus. So they gave it away. It's like, it's really interesting all of the things that are happening uh, on this thing. Um, uh, I, I will say that one of the only things that that impairs the drone delivery ability is the wind. In fact, they've said several times they've had uh, you know bottles of wine or or uh, deliveries of beer that were scheduled to go, but they couldn't because of the wind. So it's not a perfect system, but hey, you got to give humanity and beer lovers in general. Uh, some some credit for being uh, for being creative. So, 
Ian, I just want you to know, I have a really horrible taste in my mouth right now. And I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, much, yeah. pretty much feeling you're, like you're responsible for this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're welcome. I think. Should we move on? We both brought a, a, a spirit to taste. And I think I'm going to have to save mine for the end because I, I, I'm going to need something to try to get this taste out of my mouth. So I hope that will work. But yes, let's move on. I'm, uh, what, I'm, what, when, what, when we're done with this show, I'm actually going to shave my, my tongue. I think that's oh, about the God. only thing. That's about the only thing I think you could do. I'm not sure you could brush your teeth enough times to. Uh, what, what's next? Are we going Schlitz malt liquor or are we going let's, Mickey's? Let's go with the Mickey's Big Mouth. This is uh, now the last. The grenade. Two, yeah, the last two of these may be the two better known uh, things, although people have certainly heard of uh, Old A uh, English, but um, uh, most people I think have at least heard of Mickey's Big Mouth, probably had some at a party at some point. Uh, and of course, everybody knows of Schlitz, even if it's just from their advertising back in the uh, back in the seventies and eighties. So, you remember uh, uh, Saturday Night Live did a spoof commercial for a beer, and it had I'm trying to remember who the actor was on it, but it was hilarious, and it was called Cold Cock Malt Cold Liquor. Cock. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you remember the Schlitz Malt Liquor, and there's a bull on the can, and we'll get to that, I guess, last. But the commercial for that, back I remember from when I was a kid, people would open their can of Schlitz malt liquor or their bottle or whatever, and kind of like when you called for Kool-Aid and the Kool-Aid man came busting through the wall, in this case, it would be the Schlitz malt liquor bull would come running to wherever they were once they opened up the can. It makes sense because, you know, if your wife comes home and there's a hole in the wall and she's like, what the hell happened? You're like, I've been drinking. Yeah, it works better than saying I had Kool-Aid. Yeah, just, 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 saying. just saying. Although, it was pretty cool when he burst through the wall and go, oh, yeah. That was, yeah. Oh, one yeah. Of my commercials. One of my favorite commercials as a kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, that's a sound that I have heard because you, there are a number of, uh, of macro brews, um, which I've had from time to time, that do make that sound when you do their twist on Look. In the cap. Did you win something? Mine says, mine says, love you, long time. Wow. Mine, uh, perhaps you can help me figure out what this means, Ian. Uh, it's a guy with an arrow pointing to his butt and an S and then the arrow up. Does it mean butts um, up? Is that what they're trying to say? Asses up. Asses up. That is his butt. Right? I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm a little scared by that. I, I hope that's his butt because if not, then you've got to really contemplate a different meaning. Backs up, butts up, butts up, asses up, booties up. I don't know. It's any any way you slice it, it's not good. Now this has got on the nose. It's got a distinct cheap beer smell. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it does smell like beer, but it smells like very cheap beer. What is a what is a bottle of the what, a big mouth bottle? What, what does that cost? You, you got these in a six pack, right? What did the sixer cost? Yeah, it was like five and a half dollars or something for a six pack. So here's the thing, um, uh, and I guess I guess the appeal of the malt liquor must be that it's got a higher ABV than both than most macro brews. Because the pricing, it's not like it's really all that cheap 
compared to, I mean, you can get a six pack of Shiner Bach for eight bucks, right? So five to six for this, I mean, that's a that's a huge two dollar step up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I realized something though when I looked at the old E a minute ago. And you notice it's not as blue as it once was right there. Oh, so yeah, you're right. This is getting dangerous. That has lost some of its coldness. You're right. Well, um, so um, I, I noticed something on this. This is actually a 42 ounce because 40 ounces is not enough. Uh, this is actually a 42 ounce. And when I, <laughs> when I price compared shop, I didn't think about it. I thought, you know, a six pack is probably a better deal. But two of these is about $5 or $5.50. Yeah. And a six-pack is about the same amount. But this, this is a three-and-a-half, 12-ounce. Oh, you know what? It was a, it was a better deal because the 12-pack was uh, – or the six-pack was uh, 12 ounces, wasn't it? At this point, though, is a better deal really your primary concern? Well, I, I'm dumb. I was in shopping mode. <laughs> okay, gotcha. This um, has – I'm this really has distinct this. this has distinct day after beer smell. Yeah. That's what we're gonna call it. Day after beer smell. So I just want to college say, party then, smell. Yes. Uh, roommate in college who didn't clean the, his part of the room smell. So I, I definitely get on the nose, I get a little bit of dirty sock. I go with that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This has, uh, oh, this might be the worst one yet. Mm. You know, I'll just use this opportunity to mention that from time to time, I run into people who've seen the show or listened to it. And they're like, man, how can I get a job where my job is to taste, you know, really cool beers and spirits and, and stuff? I just like to point out this week, uh, you wouldn't want it. You wouldn't this, want is, it. this is called paying dues, my friend. This is exactly what we're doing. We're paying some dues right here. Well, paying I dues. Not, um, I, I don't remember this being that bad. I have had this before, but it's been years. I mean, I haven't been in college for a while. So first off, all three of these so far are so freaking carbonated. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard to taste past the carbonation, except for the fact that the the, the bad beer flavor, and what's funny is none of these are bitter. Did you notice that? There's no, no bitterness of, in these. There's, there's not a trace of hop in here, at least on there's, They're all a little too sweet in their own way. And um, yeah. and they leave, like, this is this is leaving kind of a, a weird lemony lime scent kind of thing going on in my palate as well that's just... It's... Uh, it's spectacularly unimpressive. Um, I, yeah. You know, here's what I wonder, Ian. I, I've, I've been watching this, and I'll speak a little more to this in a minute, but I've been watching this. I've watched about the first half of it, and I'm going to finish it up tonight. This really cool documentary that I found on uh, Amazon Prime uh, called um, the Beer, it, It's the Beer Jesus um, Goes to Europe or whatever. Anyway, uh, it, it's, it's about Dave who's one of the founders of Stone Brewing. Yeah, yeah. His, his adventures when he tried to, uh, when he went to launch Stone Berlin, the first American craft brew brewery in, um, in Germany. 
and uh, the idea was uh, that Germany is a, a huge beer culture, but it's been in decline, and there's really kind of this sort of stoic acceptance of only the traditional macro German uh, beers there, and he wanted to bring a taste of American craft beer culture to Europe and to Germany specifically. Um, so it's interesting to watch him because he and the other uh, brewmasters that are involved in this, they just take such care and pride. They're so passionate about the beer that they're making. And, you know, we've had enough stone products on the show to know, I mean, these guys do an incredible job. Their beers are beyond reproach. They're all really, really good in one form or another. What I'm wondering, though, is the brewmaster at Mickey's, you know, does he wrap up that that shipment, that latest, you know, delivery of beer and pat himself on the back for a job well done? You know, like, do they have any of the same? Does, so the question is this. If you're a master, or if you're the brewmeister right. at, say, Miller for Miller Lite or Miller Genuine, okay? Yeah. And let's say, for instance, you get in trouble at work or you mess something up real bad. Do you get knocked down to making this? <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Is this what you end up doing? I think that must be right. Uh, because at least with those brews, you know, as we talked about this last week, what they're going for is consistency. So they find the flavor they want, and then the idea is to make it as consistent as possible. Well, so you watched, you we talked about that last week. You watched the right. show about that. Like, they're, yeah. the Budweiser competition to make the Budweiser the most Budweiser Budweiser that you can make. Right. Not about but creativity. Not about anything other than follow these directions. But I think well, you may be right. I think you may be right. If you score low enough in that competition, they may send you down the hall, uh, <laughs> and, you're, and you're now the brewmaster of this. I think that's right. I think that's right. Just like I've maintained for years, by the way, that if you work at uh, Disneyland and you violate the rules one too many times, they force you to work for the next month on the It's a Small World ride. <laughs> so, you, so you have to hear that song over and over and over for, for like a month at a time. So. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the, the Everything is Awesome song from the Lego movie. Oh, yeah. But see, that that song is so bad that it's awesome in its own way, you know? But, that, yeah, that we, call that, we call that craptastic, by the way. Yeah. But I, would, I still, I wouldn't want to hear it over and over like the It's a Small World. Um, the the yeah. Matt Damon over here is getting scary. I think we should push through and do the Schlitz because I, I am hoping against hope that my spirit that I'm saving for last will rescue me from this world of... Uh, well, there are definitely things growing on my tongue at this point. I serve I, 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 I without hope because my spirit... I, I don't have high expectations for the spirit that I brought today. No. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, talk to me about uh, the Switch Malt Liquor Bowl. Well, it sounds like a beer when you open it. I was going to say it's a sound effect for sure. It smells like fruit. Like straight from the can, it smells like fruit. I wonder if I have much, if I really have any taste buds left at this point. Uh, if I'll be able to do a fair evaluation of this against the others. Because it almost now, feels now like this one worse as we go. Now this one has some carbonation to it. Holy moly! There's more uh, head than there is beer there. That's crazy. 
Mm. Well, I, I, I tell you what, the nose doesn't offer much promise. I can just tell you that. It, it, it smells fruity to me. Is that just me or are you getting that at all? It smells fruity Maybe a little. And, and, uh, well, if, if by fruity you mean that sort of lemon pledgy fruit thing, yeah, there is some of that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I, I'm, I'm scared. I'm actually a little timid right by this point in time. I was timid with the Mickey's. Uh, I'm going to tell you, first reaction is only the first sip, and this one I have nice and cold because I had it in my little uh, uh, ice sleeve. But my first reaction is this is far and away the best of the four. Agreed. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if we've been beaten down to the point where this isn't surprising, but it's actually better than the others. Yeah, it, it actually is. It's almost good enough that I would say if it were the only option, I would drink it. Almost. Notice I didn't say it was good enough. I said it was almost good enough. You know, again, there's just no bitter whatsoever on this. So yeah. like, like the bittering hops, they were like, we don't need that step. <laughs> and that's probably why it's malt liquor. This is not triple hopped. We don't need no stinking <laughs> bittering hops. No, um, <laughs> refine the flavor. What's wrong with the flavor? Uh, I will say that the lemon pledge kind of obliterates the other kind of, uh, you know, like moldy sock sort of flavors we were getting from some of those other ones. Uh, and it makes it less unpleasant to use the double. Yeah. Pleasure. Yeah. It has a little bit of a Band-Aid sterility to it. Mm. There's really not a lot of flavor to this. No. And maybe that's why it works, you know, uh, better than the others because it's not quite as oppressive. But there still is that lemon pledgy thing going on. Yeah. I think maybe that, that lemon pledgy thing is maybe a thing with malt liquor. Well, I will say this. If you had snuck this into our light beer blind taste test, other than the fact that it's a little bigger because of the ABV. Um, yeah, it's like 5.9%. Is that what it said? Yeah, yeah 5.6, something like that, yeah. Um, but if you'd snuck this in there, I don't know if I would have, I'm not saying it would have beaten the other beers, but I don't know if I would have said it was, oh, obviously way down the scale from the, from the light beers. You know what I mean? I'm going to, okay. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, this is probably the most drinkable out of the bunch. I, I would agree with that. Um, It, it, you know, it, it lacks that stale beer smell that, that a couple yes. of the other ones had. Yeah, the moldy sock quota is lower here. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I love the way we're such professional tasters. Yeah, it's not quite as moldy you know, sock-ish as the others. You know what it might have a little bit of? You know when you leave your clothes in the washer a little too long before you put it in the dryer? <laughs> yes. Oh, that sour... Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like when you grab when you grab a towel and you're ready to towel off, and you got you got the towel over your face. You're like, ah, oh, I didn't get this one in the dryer quite as fast as I should. It has a little bit of that going on. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I have a feeling that today might be the first day that we cannot claim with any truth that smoking and toasting positively impacts sales. Well, yeah, no, not so Think much. Of it 
think of it more as a klaxon, a warning of sorts. Uh, just as, uh, to those I, who might be tempted to interfere. I have to say, though, if, if, if you're stuck in a situation where, where malt liquor is the only thing available, <laughs> then the Schlitz is what you go for because the other ones are real bad. So if it's the zombie apocalypse and all of the real beer is unavailable and gone, but there's malt liquor there, go for the Schlitz. That makes it number one uh, out of the four for me. Um, I would say, Ian, the Schlitz would be my number one. The uh, Steel Reserve would be my number two. And I'm talking about with, you know, number one being the least awful. Um, followed by probably Mickey's and last, the Old English. But the last two are uh, almost interchangeable. The, the Mickey's and the Old English are a little bit of a toss-up. I, I, I'm exactly with you on that. The Mickey's and Old English are a little toss-up, though. All right. Um, are you going to Matt Damon before you do your spirit? Now, for those of you who don't know what the Matt Damon is, the Matt Damon is a classic drink that you get at a bar. At the end of the night, uh, this you know the little bar mats where they set the drinks and everything, and they mix the drinks, and everything gets spilled into this little bar mat. And then they pick it up, and they pour it into a cup. And so you never know what you're going to get. That's the Matt Damon because it's from the beer mat. So that's what I'm calling this. And this is the blend of four distinctive and distinguished um, malt liquors. And we're going to try this now. And it's okay. foamy. Like, I don't know if I can show you in the glass, but it's foamy. At this point, I'll just say... Oh, this is, oh it smells so bad. This segment proves beyond any doubt that Ian is braver than I. It smells so bad. Because it's been sitting here getting warm outside. What is it, like oh. 85, 90 degrees outside? And I can't imagine drinking any of these warm, much less an alchemistic nightmare of the four of them mixed together and warm. You know, I have this. I have this response to this. You know, uh, you know when you're feeling nauseous and you get that that mouth watery like. <laughs> that's the response these, I have when I smell this. These are products that people sell, and by the way, sell successfully enough that they stay on the market. Oh, it's been on the market longer than many things that we drink. Regularly. Oh, most, most things that we drink, other than maybe some of the scotch. Oh. <laughs> oh, the lemon pledge. The Ajax, the soapiness. It, oh, there's a distinctive. Oh. There's a distinctive soapy lemon. Oh. I just, I just want to say, to those who listen to the show on audio only today might be the day that you missed uh, the most in terms of not having the visual uh, because the look on Ian's face just now when he tasted the Matt Damon mixture of these four malt liquors was uh, well it's something I won't forget for a very very long time so there you go Woo. Ian, I did however strategically as my second beer mm -hmm. my second beer I have a dirty bastard here, and that will annihilate just about anything. God, I hope so. <laughs> uh, oh. Uh, it does make it taste a little bit off. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it, I'm going to drink a little more. Like I said, it destroyed the Gutentag, and Gutentag is a, is a fantastic beer. So. Oh. As we wrap up here, Ian, I will admit to being a little worried 
because I brought a tequila that just looks like it's going to be awesome. And I'm hoping the fact that it is, in fact, tequila will cut through this. Uh, I'm going to let you talk about your tequila, and then I'm going to tell the story of my tequila. All right. Well, this is uh, something that I discovered this week. I don't necessarily know that it's new, but it's certainly new to the place where I shop because I've never seen it there before. This is the tequila rayon, and it's an extra onion. So it is um, about the. I like the classy. I like the classy bottle and the shield. Yeah, and the... It, it's not super fancy the bottle, but it's a very elegant uh, style. Um, I did. I did notice when when I was opening this earlier. Uh, I noticed that I, I was trying to pull the fork out, and the reason I was unsuccessful is because it's actually a screw off top made to look like a. Fork. So that is a that, modern tequila, sir. Yeah, that gave me uh, some pause about how good this would be. Plus, Ian, I'm also going to tell you, it was very inexpensive. This was under $30. For an extra Añejo, that's a great price. Because some of my uh, just favorite Añejos, not extra, but Añejo, like the Skelly, for example, it's closer to $50, $55. So uh, for this to be just south of $30 bucks for, an Añejo, uh, for an extra Añejo tequila... The most aged tequila that you could buy. Uh, this this is uh, that's something that gives me hope. The screw off top did not, but I don't want to be prejudiced against uh, screw off tops. After all, um, uh, Pura Vida Tequila uses a screw off top, and that that tequila is fantastic. So. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Pura Vida. Oh, I have never been so happy to smell agave in my life, and I've been pretty happy to smell agave many previous times, but. Wondering if this will work its magic, uh, and and take that uh, take take that malt liquor taste out of my mouth here. Um, some uh, definite. Um, and by the way, if I don't like this, Ian, I pledge to bring it on the show again and try it when I don't have the malt liquor on my palate because <laughs> it's probably it's probably not fair, you know, to this. Well. To this while you're taking a sip, I just want to point out that Joe Ramos mentioned about the beers that we're having, that these beers are probably experimenting on other ingredients for other beers. <laughs> um, wow. Okay, so two things. Number one, hallelujah, because I now have the taste of tequila on my palate instead of the taste of... Uh, did the tequila do it for you? It actually did, uh, and I was really worried that it wouldn't. But now I'm tasting agave and lots of uh, woodiness, lots of maple, uh, a little bit of cinnamon. Uh, Ian, maybe it's because of how much higher up the food chain this is from the malt liquor, but this is delicious. And I think you're about to be arrested for the fact that yes. you were just drinking malt liquor and now you're drinking a decent tequila. So you heard the sirens in the background, I think. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I can tell you, I, I will admit I may not be able to be completely objective at this point. But this is delicious. Very full and robust. A nice heat that comes back a few moments after the tequila hug, if you will. But, but so smooth that it's very easy to drink. It's, this is what you would want an extra Añejo to taste like. So, um, bravo. Uh, this is good. Salute. 
Uh, you did, you're doing a tequila as well today, aren't you? I'm, I'm starting to think that you might be um, smarter than me in some ways. <laughs> um, because, well, <laughs> well, I thought to myself, you know, it's, it's funny to do the malt liquor. And uh, I figured while we're doing this, you know, so years ago, a few years back, my little brother was over at my house, and I, out of a joke, I bought a beer called Big Flats 1901. And this was a beer that was made for Walgreens oh and sold God. for about $3 per six-pack. Oh, man. And I thought, you know, this is going to be a bad beer. Uh, but the packaging was actually kind of nice. It looked presentable and everything else. And they kind of made it look old-timey. And it says Big Flats 1901 with a little trademark after it. So that's the actual name of the beer, not when the Big Flats brewery was, you know, discovered or, or it created or whatever. And not when but, that particular uh, can was brewed? Yeah. Uh, so... What we did is I, I, I talked it all up. I said, hey, there's this great new beer. I just got it, blah, blah, blah. And then I proceeded to take a few sips of it while he took a few sips of his. And I proceeded to try and keep a very straight face and talk about how good the beer was, and it was awful. <laughs> so I, he decided to get me back, and he brought me a gift. And this is, you know, he's got a long memory on these things and quite the grudge. So he brought me this bottle of tequila. I say bottle. It's actually a giant flask. Oh, man. I do love the This flask. tequila comes in a flask. <laughs> and it's called Casa Maestri. Maestri. Tequila. Original, premium, handcrafted, double distilled, 1965. Limited edition Blanco, 100% de agave. But it comes in this giant 750 milliliter flask. I kind of like the flask, to be honest with you. Yeah, but if tequila's not good, you can just I'm, pour it out and keep the flask. And reuse the flask, right? Because that's way easier. Like, if you're going camping you want to bring something good, you put it in here and no one else is going to drink it. <laughs> but we're going to try this right now in real time and see. Drink it right out of the flask? Should I? I would sub to like, you. I mean, that's the appropriate way to drink out of a flask, right? You don't flask into a cup, right? Well, you can, oh. of course. Oh, it smells like tequila, but that's it smells a like one. a cheap. It smells like a cheap margarita, like right, <laughs> right out of the. I want to pour it into a glass to see what it looks like. It's mostly clear. Oh, yeah, it smells like tequila. It doesn't smell particularly amazing. It, it, it kind of smells, like I said, like a bad margarita. <laughs> this tequila... Oh, there it goes. This tequila... Oh, shit. This tequila uh, is peppery. Yeah. It, I, I don't know if they accentuated the peppery taste that decent tequilas have. It's peppery. 
This is actually, I'm going to, I'm super surprised at this. It's, it's not terrible. Well, uh, when you say peppery, it always reminds me of um, the Hornitos on Yeho. Hornitos is a relatively inexpensive tequila brand, but not like a bottom shelf. Um, and their Añejo is like, it's like 20 bucks. And it's good, but it's very peppery. Like pepper is the overriding flavor of the tequila. But I've enjoyed it. Yeah, right. this is this is super peppery, but it's also kind of super sweet, which I think is why it smells like a like a not so good margarita. Um, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's it's probably fine in a uh, in a mixed drink in a and it's probably fine in a margarita. Um, the finish on it is a little bit. What's the word I'm looking for? It's a little rough. You can you can kind of taste. It's a little young. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. That was that Matt Damon coming back to get me. Um, yeah, so you can kind of taste that this is a little young. Oh, and the heat keeps coming back. Like the heat is there. The heat is on. What's that song? Yeah. Hold on uh, just a second, Ian. Uh, I wanted to turn the, the smell off on my Skype. Um, <laughs> see if I can find that button here somewhere. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, good. Um, all right. I'm sorry. The heat is on. Clint Fry, yes. <laughs> Brian put up, nothing says purge like cheap tequila after drinking malt liquor. Dude, you, you're so right. I'm really surprised you went the cheap route after that. I uh, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to decide if my taste buds are just brutalized from the malt liquor. I I have a feeling, with that in mind, that my uh, uh, my tequila, this uh, extra añejo tequila rayon, uh, I have a feeling that if I tried this again on another show, I'd be raving about it because it's really good now. But I know my palate is destroyed from that. Uh, well, I okay. Liquor. So challenge, challenge to both of us on another show. Let's bring both of these back and try them without like malt liquor face. All right, fair enough. Maybe we'll even do that next week. Uh, oh, I feel like uh, I feel like I've grown like you know that outdoor real tight outdoor carpet. That's what my tongue feels like right now <laughs> after all the malt liquor. I think they call that astroturf. Uh, yeah, it kind of kind of like that. Yeah. Um, coming up on next week's show, uh, Balconies and Shiner. We've both had on the show uh, the Shiner beer. Uh, it, it's the Shiner box that's been aged in Balcones. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, well, now uh, the collaboration's going the other way. Balcones is about to release a uh, product that is based on the mash build of Shiner Bill. So it's going to be a very interesting thing. We'll report on that to you next week. Plus how uh, 600 craft breweries have banded together uh, to come up with a new community brew in this, uh, in this uh, crazy time that we're in. And on next week's show, what styles and flavors in craft beer are the most popular and in what order and what are drinkers really like? Is it all about hoppy IPAs? Is it, you know, uh, 
imperial stouts and uh, and and barley wines and porters? Is it lagers? What craft beer lovers who identify themselves as such? What are their favorite styles and their favorite flavors in their beer? We have a full report that we'll be passing along on next week's show. So uh, looking forward to it. That'll be 186. And uh, we've talked about maybe trying to be back in the studio for that uh, for that episode, Ian. I don't know if we'll make it or not, but uh, uh, if not, we'll be here doing it this way and uh, looking forward to it. So, Well, let's see what happens. Um, I, Actually, I, I'm looking don't... forward to <sighs> I'm looking forward to any show where we're not drinking malt liquor at this point. Dude, this malt liquor makes me burp so bad. And it's like, oh. it's like, the, you, you know, like when you eat bacon, you burp a little, you're like, oh, bacon, that's kind of nice. No, no, mm-hmm. this is, this is malt no. liquor, lemon nastiness. That, oh, and now it's got a peppery tinge to it from the tequila. <laughs> uh, and I don't, I don't even know if that's good or bad. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I think, I think it's bad. Yeah. I think it's. <laughs> All I have to say is I hope I drank small enough sips of the malt liquor that nothing will be coming back to me in the morning in the form of a hangover because uh, uh, the the worst the worst hangover I've ever had was from cheap wine uh, uh, and, and this is maybe the cheapest beer I've ever consumed all at one time so and when I say uh, cheap I mean I mean shitty uh, so. yeah it was there was some not good beers there. But we, we, hey, we figured something out. If there's no other beer besides slit smalt liquor, you can, you can actually do right. worse. That would, that would be the nuclear option, yes. So maybe we should rename this show to Slit Smalt Liquor. You can do worse. Yeah. <laughs> that should be their new slogan. I think, I think that would work. Uh, slit Smalt Liquor. It's not as bad as it gets. Right. <laughs> Slit small liquor. Tonight's the night you fight your dad. Oh, oh that's beautiful. That, I think that's that's already been used. I'm sorry. That, that one's been taken. Uh, well, Ian, thanks for uh, uh, soldiering through this, and uh, of course, thanks for dropping off beer uh, at my uh, house. I hope you don't mind it if I request that the next time you do so, that you kind of up the ante a little bit uh, from this last delivery. I, I will do, best. sir. You can drop off Dirty Bastard anytime you like. So, uh, Man, this is such a good beer. Yeah. Is it still good, though, after that uh, malt liquor? Uh, Dirty Bastard is so robust that it pretty much knocks out everything else. Now, it did taste a little funny after the uh, Mickey's and after the, uh, after the uh, Schlitz. But it tastes way better now. This is so malty and so delicious. I love founders. I want to hug them. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and once this uh, uh, virus thing is under control, we should plan to do just that. Have a uh, have a wonderful week, my friends. Thank you for putting up with our uh, malt liquor show. Uh, by the way, um, this was totally Ian's idea, so he deserves all the credit for the uh, uh, for the punishment that we just put ourselves through. That's on you that's a behalf. dubious honor. Oh no, on you guys' <laughs> behalf. It was Ian's. He's a giving person. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, he was his idea. We drink the malt liquor so you don't have to. Yes. And and uh, as we leave on a toast, here's to you never having to. Have a great week, my friend. We'll see you next weekend. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Love y'all. <laughs>